To the Trojan Sports Podcast. I'm Adam Maya, and I'm not here with Ryan Young. I'm actually here with former colleague and current arch nemesis Antonio Morales of The Athletic. Antonio, how are you doing? Good. It's my debut. I'm looking forward to it. You've been asking me for weeks now. <laughs> yeah, why, why have you taken so long? I'm finally giving you the time of day to, to write this. You know, last week you, you blamed me and <laughs> threw me under the bus to Ryan and didn't appreciate it, so now now I'm back. Yeah, we, we got crossed up because there was a lot going down last week. A lot, a of, lot of important news. You were not someone that I was going to talk to you about that <laughs> on the record. <laughs> but now we're here, and it's kind of a quiet midweek. And I thought it'd be a good time to take a look at what USC has moving forward. Uh, they're in a bit of transition with the coaching staff. It's still up in the air at the end of the day what's going to happen mm-hmm. at the top down, even though the feeling is that Clay Helton will be the coach of this team in 2019. And therefore, you know, we're at practice every day and we're watching a lot of these guys who maybe aren't playing yet or are having maybe a minimal role that will have a bigger role. And uh, I always appreciated your eye uh, you know, through training camp. I thought that you were paying attention, unlike some people on the beat. And I want to know what, how you felt about each position moving forward. And we're going to save quarterbacks for last because there's kind of an interesting debate going on right now in the present tense. That you're trying to lead? That, yeah, that I'm trying to fabricate. <laughs> uh, but let's just look at the positions and, and what they look like for 2019. Uh, we're going to begin with running backs. Uh, they're going to lose Akacentric Ware. Your boy. My boy Ware. Ware. <laughs> and they plan to bring in a couple of running backs uh, from the 2019 class. But more specifically, they got Bavai Molapei. They have Stephen Carr, who it looks like is out for the rest of the regular season, could be back in a bowl game. Uh, it, it's not something that should keep him out any further than that. And then you got Marquis Stepp, who might have somewhat of a role mm-hmm. late in the season. So right now, looking at that group, it's a small group. Of course, they're going to bring in a couple of running backs. How do you feel about the running back position for 2019? It's going to be one of those those groups that's kind of in transition too. You have Avai, who I, who I think has been him and Seth have been the best two runners this year. Um, so obviously next year he'll shoulder more of the load. But Stephen Carr, through two years, he's kind of been injury prone now. If you think about it, the high ankle sprain, you know, this past week, you had, you know, the injuries he was dealing with last year, the back stuff. Um, so I, I'd imagine Step will have a bigger, kind of a bigger load next year. Um, you know, they seem to like, to like using three tailbacks, and um, you know, he hasn't had that big of a. They haven't asked him to do that much this year, right? But obviously, you can see him see them asking him to do more next year and I wonder now if he starts getting asked to do more since Carr is out um, I think that'll be interesting to watch this week I think he's only played in one game this season um, so maybe he can use this time to kind of get ready for next year they're all different yeah I think that's good and this year you kind of had that although Ware was kind of maybe in between mm-hmm. the other two and he's been the best one he's yeah. had the best season I guess 
I know that on a carry for carry basis, Vavai probably looks just as good, mm-hmm. but Ware's gotten a bigger load and maximized it. And those two, I think, have clearly been the two better guys. Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't anticipate this. I don't know where that run game would be right now without like, Cedric Ware. Yeah. He's really kind of come on in some of these games where he's gotten more work. And and look, looking forward, you feel like you really need him in, mm-hmm. in the final month of the season. And, and I mean, uh, Stephen Carr going down doesn't feel like a big hit right now. Yeah. I was just talking to to our boy, Joey Kaufman, Uh-oh. Uh, right before you came in. And I think Aka Cedric wears at 627 yards right now. So it's kind of a long shot to see him getting a, a thousand with Notre Dame and Cal. I mean, we're talking about if he just had like an, like an average you know, offensive line, oh, yeah. he probably would have got a thousand this year. Right, yeah, 1,200 yards. But they've been rotating so much. It doesn't seem like from game to game – you know exactly what they're going to do. The last couple have been wear heavy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he is their number one back. But I can still see Vivai getting hot yeah. and kind of kicking over that role. I guess I'm okay with that. Ride the hot hand. I think that's been maybe the biggest complaint yeah. is that they haven't really done that. But if you do do that, then fine. It could be like Cedric Ware. It could be Vivai. It could be Stephen Carr, who maybe that's who we thought it would be more often than not coming into the year. But I think for next year, you go into a year again not having a feature back. And I feel like that means it's a bit of musical chairs mm-hmm. early in the season. And I, so I feel like that could, again, be maybe a bit of an issue in the early part where who's our better guy? I, I never felt like they look at Vavai as being a 15-20 carry guy game in and game out. Where... Stephen Carr is supposed to be yeah, that he's guy. Supposed to be that guy, and it just hasn't just hasn't happened yet. Um, injuries, blocking. I, yeah, I don't think he's been that great this year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just uh, it's just been a mix of things that have prevented him from kind of being the guy. He's a former five star that everybody thought he was supposed to be. He flashes. He mm-hmm. didn't have the burst every play, and it had me thinking about Justin Davis, who. A few years back, had a really nice freshman year, about a half season, broke his ankle. And then he came back for the 2014 season, and he played the entire year, but didn't look really strong. Mm-hmm. You know, just didn't look like he did the year before. He didn't look fast. He looked hesitant. And then even 2015, early in the year, not much different. And then midway through that season... It's like he got right. Not that it happened overnight, but it just, it really seemed to coalesce about, you know, mid-October and it had a really strong finish. And in 2016, he had a really good half season before he got injured again. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if maybe given the nature of that position and the injury that, that Carr had with the back, maybe it takes longer than we thought. Even though he's healthy enough to play yeah. and healthy healthy enough to get work, and they said the entire time that they were not going to give him too much, they were going to mm-hmm. manage that load. Even though again, it would look like like the Stanford game, the way he was running, yeah. like give him more, he could take on more. It looked like that game they underutilized him, but long term, it, it's it's bearing out that he he can't. He's not, he hasn't been productive. Yeah. He hasn't warranted a bigger load. And maybe it's going to take 
another half year from now or a year. I don't know. I mean, or he had an ankle season. sprain. Yeah. yeah, an entire off season in training camp. Maybe in training camp, he'll look like the guy that we saw now over a year ago. And I still would would think that he would be your feature back. I, I feel like you need to have that. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is that yeah, I think if they, if like the coaching staff, if things played out they wanted it, the, way, the way they wanted it to, he would be the guy. Yeah, um, just because he has the most talent, he has the most, you know, the big playability to kind of break things. Yeah, that the other guys don't have. He can catch the ball. Um, he's probably the best catcher out of the group. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if. You know, if things play out the way they want it to, he would be the feature guy. Yeah. And then with Marquis Step having a little bit of time here, I feel like, okay, he can probably carve out a role and work his way into that rotation, but then will it will it create a situation where they have three guys that they, that they like so much that they're not really sure how to rotate them like we've seen earlier this season? That remains to be seen. I feel like if I were grading this position for 2019 in terms of how it projects I give it a B right now, assuming that car is healthy, yeah. which is a, a bit of a leap. Yeah, I would give it a B too. Um, I think the thing is that uh, Bavai and Step are kind of similar to the fact where they just like both run really hard. Yeah, and they're like guys who break tackles, inside guys. Yeah, um, Step is a lot bigger though. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Bavai has that mentality, no mm-hmm. doubt, but Step carries that weight. He's a legit two thirty freshman. Yeah, he might. You know, be 240 and with less body fat, you know, eight months from now. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll just see how, how the rules And how evolve. the depth fills out and all that stuff. Yeah, they, they need depth. I mean, you can't, you don't want to carry three all year. Exactly. Step has been a luxury to, to kind of have on the bench, and if they needed a plug in, they could, and now they will. You need to have five guys, mm-hmm. and not that you're going to rotate five, but you want to have it. You want to be at least five deep uh, in terms of scholarship. Yeah. Right now, they literally have been running with with you know three, four, yeah, depending on the health. We've seen what's happened at other positions this year: defensive back, you know, corner, safety, uh, quarterback. Right, they've been down to one guy, one healthy guy at some positions this year. Yeah, um, so they need as much depth as they can get. Okay, 2019 receivers. What, right now, what's your feeling? Uh, Michael Pittman is a junior. Tyler Vaughn's redshirt sophomore. Do you assume that they're both back? I think so. Just in, just in my mind, like I don't think they've really done enough to like go and get drafted highly. Yeah. Um, Vaughn's was really good last year. This year, it's been kind of a regression, um, dealing with new quarterbacks and all that stuff. But he hasn't been as good this year as he was last year. Uh, Pittman was, you know, he he kind of exploded. You know, those three weeks against Colorado, um, Utah, and Arizona State. But he's hurt now. Um, so I, I would assume they'd be back. Obviously, these these guys didn't make any decisions they want. To, yeah. But I would assume. It's USC. Yeah, We've yeah. seen in the past <laughs> yeah. where the, they don't have a good awareness about this stuff. Yeah. With Pittman, I think he'll be smart. His father being a former player. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're going to leave as a junior or a redshirt sophomore, you're leaving to be like a first, second round pick. Yeah. And Pittman's not there yet. Mm. Uh, that, that's where I think he comes back because he wouldn't be drafted high enough to go. I think he'll be, he would be drafted, but if you're going to leave as a junior, then you better be pretty yeah, confident like that a, you're going for early. Like, for like a big payday. Yeah. Because um, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. And he's going to get looked at just because his measurables are so good and all that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, 
there's still stuff he can improve on, you know, the route running, all that stuff to to become a more polished receiver. Um, so he could really use an extra year. And I think he's getting better. Yeah, I think it would just be good for him because he's improving. Mm-hmm. I think there's tangible improvement, and his production has been really nice prior to the injury. Mm-hmm. Although he's had a few injuries now too, there's that. Uh, I'm gonna just assume that he's coming back. Yeah. And, and he just needs more reps, too. He didn't really play his freshman year. Right. He had an ankle injury last year. Yeah, he missed a part of that season and didn't play a lot until about the halfway point. Yeah. And last year, you know, he had an injured ankle and didn't play until, you know, like you said, the halfway point. And this year he's hurt again. Right. Um, and he's been dealing with a new quarterback. Um, and, and in transition, the best of any of them. But, yeah, we don't know how much time he's going to miss. I'm told he's out for this game and... That it's uh, going to be a painful shoulder injury mm-hmm. that he's dealing with. And it, it might keep him out for a couple of weeks. That remains to be seen. At the same time, probably hasn't been productive enough, uh, yeah. I would say. I think and I'm not blaming him for that production, but yeah. just the numbers are there where. Yeah, he's, you I know, think he's got like a thousand total yards and, yeah. you know, like three seasons. Right. Um, so I agree with you. So if everybody's back. I feel great about this group. Yeah. I, I mean, he really matters here. Like we're mm-hmm. we're going to harp on him because if he's not there, then it, it's a loss. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a drop. It can be replaced, but you just want him there. Like like this group, if they had had John Chipper and Nick this year, mm-hmm. you would have thought, okay, it might be one of the best in the country. Right now, it's a good group. It's above average. It's not elite. Mm-hmm. But this group coming back, if they're all back – then, yeah, potentially elite. I would call it, you know, maybe an A minus coming back. And in terms of a projection. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you too because Amon Ross and Brown's going to be a year better. And he's shown flashes this year. Um, he obviously had that hot start and it hasn't gone that way, you know, the past couple of weeks. Uh, but he had five catches against Oregon State. And um, looks like they're going to try to make an effort to get him the ball and get, get him the ball in space. Uh, that's what they did last week. Um, so obviously he'll be a year better. Um, this test run that Devin Williams is about to get will be big um, for his development. Um, they need more from Tyler Bonds. Um, what did you think of Devin? I thought, like that debut. I thought he was good. I thought he had a good camp. Yeah. Um, so I was high on him then. And obviously, you know, a true freshman, he didn't really get off to the fastest start. Um, yeah, he only played a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. mentioned debut. He did play before. But this was his real like, coming out, not just in terms of doing things, but playing, getting mm-hmm. on the field. Yeah, and I thought, you know, he did really well out there. He had three catches for 77 yards, I think. He had that long touchdown catch. Um, obviously, there's still room for him to grow and get more polished. Um, but I thought he did really well out there. Even that sequence that he had where the long pass that fell incomplete mm-hmm. and he had a hard time getting away from the defensive back and then comes back in the game, catches the third and long to convert, and then another long pass and he burns by the defender mm-hmm. and catches the touchdown. That, to me, is kind of a microcosm of his ability. Yeah. And kind of where he's at, too, because I think he is raw. He doesn't need to play. Maybe with Pittman out, it uh, accelerates that growth. Uh, although, sure, you, you'd rather have Pittman right now. I'd rather have them both. But it can be very good for him, personally, late in the season, to just play more. Because they haven't really leaned on other guys much. It's mm-hmm. been kind of a... Three-way thing between Pittman Vaughns and St. Brown. And yeah, it goes through cycles. Like, like you know, at the beginning of the year, it was 
St. Brown, towards the middle was Vaughn's, and then now it's been Pittman. Pittman. Yeah, um, who they feature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll see how it kind of plays out these next three weeks. Yeah, I, I haven't totally understood that. I did write about that a couple weeks ago where you look at the offensive production and they're so much better when there's a distribution mm-hmm. and you're not just kind of giving one guy you know eight targets and the other guy just a couple. I'm not sure why it's played out that way from game to game. It looked to me like maybe the way defenses were covering them and kind of understood what they could take away. Uh, Jack Steers actually was the one that really kind of seemed to get everyone involved in his game uh, more than we had seen in other weeks. Uh, I know like you're looking at me right now if you think I'm trying to, to lead to something else, but I'm really not. I, I just saw in that game where the, the numbers were much different, and it looked like the success on offense you know, kind of followed suit with that, in the passing game at least. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they have these weapons here that are kind of underutilized. Exactly. And you don't know which week who it will be, but you feel good about what they have at receiver, mm-hmm. even right now and then especially next year. And that's without, you know, they, they do have a few commits, they're going to bring in a few guys. Yeah. It's kind of hard to talk about the class of 2019 yeah, because nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, recruiting is really up in the air. And I could see a lot of these guys, you know, especially them being lower rated, mm-hmm. just staying. But at receiver, that's not really a concern anyway mm-hmm. with whatever they landed. You always want to add more, but for 2019, they're they're set, and yeah. and probably it's probably the strongest position group. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I agree with you. Um, this is so much. They're gonna have so much experience coming back, and just so much talent coming back. Um, even Ryan's boy uh, Trayvon Sydney coming back. Right. <laughs> well, and you you have different guys too. Yeah. You have different skill sets. Devin Williams is different than Pittman and Vaughn's mm-hmm. and St. Brown. I, but I guess my final point here is why don't you think we see them using maybe four receiver sets, even a five receiver set on occasion? Why, why aren't they doing that? What do you think? Because the offensive line. That's going to mm. require offensive line to block. Yeah, they need the protection yeah. with the tight end and you're or need the running to, back. And you're, like most of the time, the way they've been playing this year, you're going to need like max protection to help out. That's unfortunate yeah. because I think they can really beat you that way, You know, assuming that they have – you know some quick game in the play call that the quarterback gets the ball out, that he can make the read. You like to see these, like four of these guys or even mm-hmm. five of them oh, yeah. lining up on occasion. Um, yeah, no doubt. I mean, just the offensive line, the way it's played is just like, it hinders so much of what the offense tries to do. You don't know like how good the running backs really are, how good the, the receivers really are just because the offensive line has struggled so much this year. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to them in a minute. Let's talk about tight ends real quick. They are still on the team, believe it or not. <laughs> You're going to lose Tyler Petit, Daniel Matarbebe, TBD, right? I, I just don't know. Yeah. We, we don't know. You really hope that he plays. Mm-hmm. He's missing this entire season, and we didn't even know that coming into the year that he yeah. would be out for the year. It wasn't something where, oh, he tore his ACL in January and he was likely to miss the year. It, it wasn't anything like that. He's just not playing. And, and so... We kind of have to go into it assuming that he's not there. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Josh Follow, Eric Cromenhoek, and then we'll look at the, the freshman tight end who the word is 
you know, uh, the the incoming freshmen, the, yeah. the commits, the Warriors that you know they're, they're in it to win it, that they're going to be here. So let's say you have those two, Ethan Ray and Jude Wolf, and then Josh Fall, Eric Cromenhoek. How do you feel about that group? If that's your twenty nineteen. Uh, position group. You almost have to give that grade like an incomplete, just because you don't know like really what you you don't know what you're gonna get from the freshman. You don't know what you sure. get from a matter baby. Um, then follow follows a good receiver. Um, just we haven't really seen a lot of him. You know this a ton of him this year. He was hurt. Jack Sears went to him. <laughs> Jack Sears did go to him <laughs> uh, a bunch on, on some rollouts, and he like that's probably follows best game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he looked pretty impressive that day. Uh, he was breaking tackles and stuff like that. We've seen him look good in practice. Yeah. He's someone that you're excited about that mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like hype. Yeah. It doesn't feel like just like potential. It feels like there's real talent there that maybe is just being neglected. Yeah. Then blocking-wise, there's not much I don't think you're going to expect from like this group. You know, they have, they'll have coming back next year. Yeah. I mean, um, that's Eric Cromenholtz's yeah. role. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's kind of an incomplete just because there's so much mystery to it. We haven't seen follow as, like, carry the load of the position yet. This was the year, 2018, where it seemed legitimate that you get a lot of production out of your tight ends. Because mm-hmm. it hasn't happened for about a decade. And you have a freshman quarterback. Um, you think when you kind of use those as a safety, as like a security blanket. Sure. Um, but it hasn't happened this year. No. I feel like coming to or going into next year, you can't feel confident about it. Even no. though you might like Josh Follow, mm-hmm. and you might feel good about Croman Hoke as a blocking tight end, and even if you like the freshman tight end, there's something missing in this offense, mm-hmm. and it's not working. And I'm sure it's a combination of things. I'm not going to just blame the coaches on it. I think you know maybe the production isn't there, or you know. You have Terry Colbert coaching a position for the first time. Mm-hmm. He played receiver. He didn't play tight end. They're not the same. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know how things are, are working out for him. Uh, I do have a, uh, a theory here about the coaching staff and what we could see in 2019. Again, assuming that Clay Helkins, your head coach, yeah. Clay said he wants to call plays. So therefore... Do you go and hire an offensive coordinator? I don't know. Maybe you you promote Brian Ellis from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. It's an idea that I actually had the moment that he got the job as quarterbacks coach. I kind of figured, okay, T. Martin will probably be gone in a year, and unless Tyson Hilton's coming back, maybe Ellis is being groomed as the offensive coordinator, and he'll work with Clay. Well, this is before I even knew that Clay would call plays. But now if Clay's calling plays, Ellis does that. He's gone. Terry Colbert slides over to receivers. Then you go and hire a tight ends coach. They'll have a vacancy. That makes sense. Um, or you got John Baxter who can slide <laughs> back to tight ends. I know that's not the popular opinion. I think they need more from their tight ends. Mm-hmm. In every way. They need more influence there. So whether it's the coaching or uh, the the playbook or, or just you know kind of uh, emphasizing it with the quarterback, I, I don't I don't know what's missing there, but it's got to be more than this. Yeah, exactly, because you only have four or five options on a play. 
and one's totally just not being utilized. And the running backs aren't really being thrown to you either. Mm-hmm. So the moment it's a passing play, then there's a couple that already are kind of out of it, and it, it becomes easier to defend. Yeah, it just makes things easier for defenses when, you know, one option just isn't going to get looked at or right. isn't really that prominent. Um, so it just makes USC easier to defend. Yeah, and because they're not working in the middle of the field, I think it's been easier to kind of take away that deep ball at times. It's required these really great plays from the receivers. Yeah, lower percentage throws. Yeah, those are harder plays to make. Mm-hmm. I think we're in agreement here. They don't have, I guess, you don't feel about it going into next year that you might have going into this year. Mm-hmm. But given how little that they produced, it's hard to think that it would be less. Yeah. But right now, if I'm grading it, 2019, I got to go low. Yeah. I, I'm going C minus, and, and that might feel harsh. And I think they can definitely produce at a higher level than that. But in terms of like expectation, there hasn't been any, any evidence to give you a higher grade. Yeah. Um, you're you're in that ballpark. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Offensive line. You make a great point right now about why they wouldn't use. Four receiver sets more than they, I think they've done a little bit, but mm-hmm. not very much, and and they can't get too exotic because of the the play of the offensive line. In yeah. ensuing month, do you think that that can change? Do you think that we could see some growth here that would actually carry over in the twenty nineteen? I don't think so, just because three of the five guys that are starting are seniors. Yeah. Um, so even if they, those guys do get better. Um, you're still going to have to replace them next season. You're right. Um, so I think it's going to be you know a major transition at that spot next year. Tim Drevno will probably be the, the line coach. Yeah, yeah. and um, that's why I asked the question though. But you're right; they're losing three seniors, whether they're really good or not. Mm-hmm. And they've they've played so much that a lot of guys behind them just have not played very much. Yeah. But with Drevno taking over the reins and then assuming that he's still in that role. I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. In 2014, when he came in and he was new and he inherited all these freshmen, including Cholo Benan, right? Mama. Right. Uh, you know, Chris Ram was part of that group. He wasn't playing. Vianney Cholo Maval played. Mm-hmm. And then even uh, Zach Banner had, you know, had not played up until that point. He'd been in the program, but he had not played. Mm-hmm. And that year, in, in the last five years, 2014 and 2016 would be the two best seasons. And some people would probably say 2014 was better. And I think it's arguable. But the point is, Drebno seemed to do a lot with, you know, in short time. Yeah, I think that was Toa's best season. You know, oh, yeah. Up to no, this that, point. That's not a, an opinion. Mm-hmm. That's true. So moving forward, what do you what do you think about who do you see at each spot right now? Who's your best guess, uh, you know, from left to right? Yeah, Austin Jackson at left. Um, I think at center it'll be Brett Nealon. Right guard it'll be Voorhees. I think at left left guard I can see Elijah Barry Tucker. Yeah, being there, and right tackle probably Jalen McKenzie. Okay. Yeah, right now, if I'm guessing, I think that's their five as well. I think that there will be a competition at center. Yeah. Uh, I know that they really like Justin Gidditch. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to play this year. He was in the yeah, red shirt. Richard. 
uh, and really it seemed like you maybe could have played Brett more or even should be playing given all the snapping issues at the same time I'm anticipating a competition there I think you're going to have competition at left guard you know Elijah Vera Tucker would be the clubhouse leader uh, I don't know do you, how do you feel about the group then as a whole not like super just because you haven't seen a lot from them yeah you're guessing yeah and you're just guessing on what their progression will be uh, I guess C minus so okay in a weird way like where coming into this year I thought this would be their better line mm-hmm. in some time better than 2016 better than 2014 it wasn't I feel like it's not crazy to think that this group could be better than what the current group has done. Mm-hmm. So while I can't, it, you can't, uh, you, you don't have conviction about it, I think it's fair to believe or to, to hope. You know, it, it, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem flimsy. You know, reasonable to, to believe that they could be better. They could be better. I, I don't think that, like, it's just so clear that, like, they're going to take a step back. Yeah. Even with Chuma and Toa and Chris Brown leaving. I just think that might be because this floor right now is really low. Yeah. Um, so the bar might not be... The ceiling's higher. Yeah. Um, so that bar not might, might not be too difficult to clear if these guys progress and Drevno, you know, gets the most out of them. Yeah. Any other guys that you're intrigued by uh, beyond who we mentioned? We, we kind of gave like a, a projected starting five, and I, I, I'm with you on that one. But who from practice do you feel like, okay, I want to see him in a competition with an open job and, and maybe you know, he doesn't take a, a job that we weren't expecting? I don't, there's none that come off the top of my head. I wonder if they'll have a competition at right tackle with like McKenzie and Clayton Bradley, but Clayton Bradley hasn't played a lot in a while. Um, it seems like he's kind of fallen out of the, out of the rotation. I think when Chuma, when Chuma went out one of those games, like at Arizona and... Another one, it was Jalen McKenzie that was going in. The yeah, game. and we thought he'd be Bradley. Yeah. Um, so it seems like he's kind of surged past him. So we'll see if Clayton Bradley gets another opportunity um, next season. Um, I think the tackles are going to have a chance to – they're going to be given every opportunity to win a job. Uh, so Austin Jackson seems like – He's cemented a left tackle, yeah. whether he should be or not. I don't know that he should be. I think that you should give a hard look at Bernard Shermer, mm-hmm. at Liam Douglas, uh, who are you know a pair of newcomers in the program. Shermer, of course, is older. But left and right side, I'd like to just see them figure that out. Yeah. I wouldn't just hang a job to Austin Jackson. Exactly. And, and I agree that Jalen McKenzie is the favorite, mm-hmm. but I think that there should be open competition on both sides. Especially when you have a new offensive line coach and you're going through transition. I think it would be smart for them to have competitions to kind of reset. I think I think Chris Brown used a good word the other day when he was like, it was kind of a refreshing restart to have, mm-hmm. you know, the new offensive line coach. I think that can apply to next season uh, in spring when everything's kind of resetting a bit. Uh, and there's a new kind of permanent voice there. Yeah. Where I'm not as sure about things is that guard. Uh, I like 
Elijah Vera Tucker, and I think couple him with the experience of Voorhees, that could be solid. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what they have behind them. And you'd be concerned if one of them went down for any length of time. Exactly. And we're, we're a ways away from that, but uh, that's just what I'm looking at right now. I don't know that they have depth there. Uh, they, they don't have depth in general. Like right now, I feel like they have depth, mm-hmm. even though they're not as a collective playing at a high level. Yeah. They have depth, they have bodies. And, and they're going to lose this depth. And, and that would be kind of scary. So, a grade... Did you say C minus already? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's probably right. You know, M- maybe a C because I think that they can be an upgrade if they play to their potential or approach their potential. I'm just very disappointed in the current group. Mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised. And I don't know if it's maybe the way that they've communicated and the way that they've been instructed throughout the year. I think that even though it's only a month, we're probably going to learn something about what's been going on mm-hmm. for the last couple of years on the offensive line now that Dreadland's taking over. You do have at minimum three games and, and probably four, maybe five mm-hmm. left. I think Clay brought up a good point on Saturday when it was just like there wasn't as many guys in the backfield. In the backfield but at the same time, it's Oregon State. Yeah. So you can't really tell. I think this week will be a, a better indicator. Yeah. In terms of what's if there's anything that's really changed with the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, and this week is quick, but you're right, this week. But then even next week, mm-hmm. Notre Dame and then beyond. You know, every game, I think, it, it, it's... More evidence. Yeah, because it's confusing, right? I think we're just all confused about what's happening. And my theory has been that I don't think it's just a coincidence that all these guys that have played before and started and maybe played well at different points in their career would be performing poorly altogether. Mm-hmm. That speaks to a bigger issue to me than the execution of the individuals. Yeah, because like we said earlier, Tal Lobendon was good as a freshman in 2014. Good, yeah. And like, Not even just good for a freshman, but good. Yeah, and you you know, if, if you go back to 2014, you think, okay, he's going to be... You know, he's going to progress into something much better yeah. if he was this good right now, and he just hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree with you on that point. And he only got coached that one year mm-hmm. by Drebnil, that 2014 year. Okay, let's talk about the defensive line then. Malik Doran will be gone. Christian Rector, I guess, could leave early. I'm going to guess that he's not leaving early. What do you yeah, think? I would agree with you too. Just his season hasn't been... Super impressive to where you're like, he's a surefire top like, top three round draft pick. Um, so I'd assume he'd come back. He made a comment last year at the end of the year where he mentioned he had looked at it and considered it mm-hmm. coming out as a redshirt sophomore. He had a very explosive month and a half. It wasn't a complete season. He got injured and he just wasn't a full time player yet. But if he thought about it then, it kind of makes you wonder. It gives you a little bit of pause. But again, I'm going to guess that he's not leaving. Mm-hmm. We're going to project him being back. So, how do you feel about this group for 2019? Because you return everybody but Malik Jordan. There's a lot of bodies. Uh, I think J. Tufele is really talented. 
Um, Brandon Peely and Marlin, those guys are quality run stuffers. Um, they need more pass rushers and they need kind of more proven depth outside of like the top four. Because um, you don't know what you're getting from someone like Con- from Connor Murphy or Tremblay or Lichtenstein. Um, so I think they need kind of more proven depth because outside that top that top line, it's kind of hard to know what you're getting. Yeah. You mentioned run stuffers, and we did see that in this past game, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen it all year. Yeah. In fact, I expected, you know, maybe a breakout season or a mini breakout for Brandon Peely or maybe even Marlon Tui Polo too. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's been Jay Cufelli, who we really like in training camp, yeah. but we didn't know how much he would play. It looked like Marlon. he was behind people. Mm-hmm. and He's been the best of the, out of the three. For sure. And it feels like he should be playing even more. Mm-hmm. But you like that they can rotate. You like that they have bodies. So I think it's encouraging what you have coming back, even if what they've done this year has been a bit uneven. And they're still young. Those guys are still young. They're really young. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all in year two. Do you feel like they have a legitimate pass rush or that, that, they'll, that they'll have one? coming from this group? I think the most consistent one. Now, Rector is kind of, he goes through cycles of, you know, being a good pass rusher and then kind of being, you know, kind of absent. And he moves. He yeah. moves around. And, yeah. and I don't know if that plays a part in it. I think but... the, the best one outside of him on the Stevenson line is Jay Tufele. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's not much. So like, there's not really, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence for next year that the pass rush will improve a ton. Well, that's my concern. I mean, they, they can very well improve, but the fact that they haven't seemed to during this season. There hasn't been many flashes. Yeah. From the, so we're like, you can point to that like, oh, maybe they could do that next year. Right, on a on more a, regular basis. Yeah. There just hasn't been a lot to go off of in, in that regard. They like Jake Lichtenstein. Mm-hmm. We can tell that they're, they're giving more to him. Uh, they play Liam Jimmins. So I think that they want to incorporate everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a couple of years ago where they were only playing two or three guys an entire game and never rotating. They actually are, are keeping them all fresh. You just want to see more from everyone when they're out there. And you would think that with, you know, with fresh legs that you would get more from them. Uh, any impression of Trevor Trout right now? Not much. You know, we just haven't seen... Much room. Yeah. It's hard with a scout team. Mm-hmm. I, I get asked about him, and because you're working at a different speed on that team mm-hmm. and you have very particular assignments and you're, you're giving the offense a look, uh, it's not really a, a, it's not really a, a environment for you to kind of flourish yeah, in. Yeah, shine. Yeah, as a defensive lineman when yeah. you're not really able to, to come near the quarterback. Yeah, it seems like a more of a... Like the service team is more set up for like the offensive service team to shine more than the defensive one. Yeah, um, is so it's really hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe for a defensive back, mm-hmm. you know, you can do a little bit more, but when you're when you're in that front seven, you just have to play it in a way where you're just supposed to kind of mimic what things would look like mm-hmm. without without the intensity of it. Like that's just the way that the practice plays out for us. So I wish I had more of an opinion on Trevor Trout. It's someone that 
I will check in on what connection you gave me later in the year. But right now, I, I can't project him. Grade? Well, C plus. Yeah? Yeah. I want to go higher than that. You're returning everybody but, but Willie Doran? True. C plus, B minus. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like my heart would want to give a B, but my brain tells me, like, you should probably give a B minus. But with the higher ceiling. Yeah. It's one where, you know, where other positions we, like, we wondered maybe the ceiling isn't that high for 2019, like the offensive line or tight ends. I think the defensive line has, like, a B-plus ceiling. Yeah, just because, like, like we said earlier, those guys are so young, and Rector should be a year better, um, that the ceiling is higher. Okay. All right. What about the defensive ends, outside linebackers? Uh, we're talking about the, the guys that you know don't put their hand in the ground. Uh, Port Augustine's gone, of course. But you know you, you might have Willie Batiku coming back. We'll see what happens there. I know he hasn't done, done much and been able to play a lot. But Jordan Alstefa, Giuliano Falonico, I want to name these guys because we're being very specific here about exactly. the position group. Hunter Eccles, Kanaya Maluga, Abdur, uh, Abdul Malik McLean, Elijah Winston, that group. I think the top three will be Iosefa, Eccles, and Malga. Um, that's, those are the three they've kind of relied on this year since Port Augustine's been out. Um, they, need all, they need all three to produce more than they have because I think many people expected Jordan Iosefa to be better than he, than he has been this season. It's been a quiet season for him. Um, Hunter Eccles has shown some flashes with yeah. pass rushing and those situations. Uh, Kanai Malga had a good camp. Um, he hasn't done much this season, though. Yeah. Um, maybe he hit a freshman wall or something. Um, but those are three guys they're going to need a lot from next year. We saw Elijah Winston mm-hmm. make a play in the last game. On the kickoff. Yeah, and a couple of these guys don't play a lot. Falonico mm-hmm. hasn't played a lot. But Kiko, of course, is out. It's another group where the projection, the grade might not be real high, but I could see it overachieving. I could see it having a bit of a higher ceiling than what I would probably project. I'd probably project a C plus, but I think it could be a bit bit better. It's just an if. It feels like such an if. these positions, to me, in Clancy Pendergast's defense are supposed to be playmakers. Mm-hmm. I think everything's kind of designed for them to make the play, finish the play. Yeah, to be impact players. Yeah, where the inside guys are supposed to kind of draw the attention so that the outside guys can, can you know, either back the pass mm-hmm. or get the TFL, uh, whatever it is. And we're not seeing a lot of it. So I'm not really excited about it. Maybe I would be, though, uh, if, like right now, currently, if we saw EA, you know, mm-hmm. okay, okay. If, if he was out there right now, then it would be different. Next year, he's the middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a moot point for 2019. But I bring that up because I wondered what you thought about that and if, if you feel like they're 
you know, they, they kind of miscast these guys a little bit. I think uh, EA is just somebody that, especially with this defense, is kind of too talented to be off the field. Yeah. <laughs> Barely played last week. Yeah. Um, and he's shown enough flashes that he's physical. And he could, and he, I mean, he started, he started out there against Washington State. Um, so you'd figure they would find a spot for him. He's a five-star and has been really impressive when he's played for the most part. I know he had some issues with, you know, the fits and, you know, the run, the run calls and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, if he was playing outside linebacker, he wouldn't really have those responsibilities. Yeah. Um, He'd be given responsibilities. mm -hmm. He had to cover. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that they, that they aren't playing him out there, but I mean, that's their prerogative and that's what they're sticking to. Yeah. I, I just think that he should be on the field right now uh, as an outside linebacker. Now, if Clancy Pendergast isn't the defensive coordinator, then it could dramatically change the entire scheme. Mm-hmm. I think it probably would. And, and therefore, it would be hard to say with a lot of these guys how they would fit because right now we're looking at you know, through that prism mm-hmm. of, of what they've done and, and where they've worked. But I do like their linebacking core. If we're, if we're calling all these guys linebackers, I, sometimes they're labeled defensive ends. But as a whole, between these outside guys and then the inside guys, I like what they have. Yeah, no, for sure. I think John Houston's improved. Improved, for sure. Okay. Um, Levi Jones always looks good now. Whenever Mm -hmm. he plays, he's probably playing up either. Yeah, so they should feel good, especially about the inside guys for next season, just because those are three good players with EA, Levi Mm -hmm. Jones, and John Houston. Um, So I think they have reason to feel optimistic about the linebacker spot. And they have a couple freshmen. Uh, Mm -hmm. Raymond Scott hasn't really played, and Solomon Tuliapupu is out for the year. I think he's out for the year. Pretty yeah, sure he got with much. Yeah. And uh but definitely someone that you look forward to seeing next year. So the the grade I give the outside guys right now in, in Clancy's scheme probably would be like a C with a with a higher ceiling though. Mm-hmm. Inside they're only losing can. I don't think John Houston's leading for the NFL. Then I give that like a B, B minus. Yeah, I gave. I would give the the outside guys a C too, and the inside guys a solid B. Okay. Yeah, and and also a group that could be really good. Mm-hmm. Just kind of depending on who plays and how it shakes out. Uh, I think it's the most. It's the group you're most certain of. That you're going to be most certain of next year. Yeah. Um, In fact, so does Levi go outside maybe? Who knows? I mean, he's shown Shouldn't his... he be on the field? I think we already know if Clancy's a defensive coordinator, John Houston will be the weak side linebacker mm-hmm. inside. And then, and then yeah. you have EA. Then get Levi in there. I think St. Gill is, is what we're talking about with EA right now, where can you play him outside? I just, it just seems like they really like Jordan Isafa. Um you know, at that, at that outside linebacker spot. So I have a hard time. Isafa is another guy that could be playing in Scott too. Yeah. Funny enough. Um, they have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's some moving parts. I think that right now it's drawn up one way and 
people are primarily playing one spot, although I except uh, the week before, you know, against ASU, he moved inside in the game. And he can kind of do that within game, but ultimately you'd like to kind of have a home for a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them are flexible. Get them out there. Get your best players out there, your most productive players out there. That's been kind of a constant theme and complaint with the program the last couple of years that you feel like you have better players on the bench sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do know that. Uh, sometimes we don't even know it. We didn't know that about Christian Rector last year. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we wouldn't have known that about Levi Jones until he actually played. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you have to be a little bit more open-minded than, mm-hmm. they, than they have been. Not exactly. Okay. Let's move to the defensive backfield. Cornerback. I don't feel good about it. No, there's at all. It's the the four guys with the most experience right now are all going to be gone right after next season, and you're counting on guys who are next year. Be, they're going to be counting on guys who are unproven. You're going to be counting on Greg Johnson, who seems like he kind of fell out of the rotation the past couple of weeks before. You know, he's month. playing because of injury yeah. at this point. And um, Elijah Griffin will be counted on a lot next year. Uh, He's still rather unproven. Um, Isaac Taylor Stewart's hurt right now, but he wasn't really in the mix much when he was playing during camp. No. So, I mean, they got a lot of work to do at corner. Do you think Isaac Taylor Stewart is a cornerback? I actually, I actually think in high school, I think he was better as a running back because he had more straight line speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know against some of the better receivers he faced, he struggled. Um, he actually went to the same high school I did. Um, so, oh. so I watched him play a little bit. Yeah, and um, like against Folsom, they had big time receivers. And he struggled that game. Um, he was really good as a running back, just because he has that straight line speed and he can make plays. Yeah, that's interesting. Like plot twist, because I not that they probably would need a running back now more than later if they're going to bring in a couple guys. But if he's better on offense which I've heard from different people, then I, I, I pose the question because is he going to play cornerback or not? Yeah. You know, if he's not going to play there, then don't keep him there. Remember like that weird first day of training camp? When, day one. Yeah, when Clay was talking to him afterwards and then we asked him and he was just like, well, you know, sometimes you might be, not, you might be needed on offense or something. Yeah. And he kind of brought it up. Uh, but we haven't heard like anything about it right. since. Um, but if they're thinking about it then, they probably still are. Well, and right now, I mean, Taylor Stewart's been injured, but he really hasn't seemed to be even pushing to be in a rotation. Mm-hmm. It was pretty evident early on that he would redshirt, mm-hmm. basically, unless it was a special teams deal. And and they, they, went, they ended up going over the four games. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that now. But in terms of cornerback, he was not going to play mm-hmm. at cornerback as a freshman. And therefore, don't burn the red shirt for special teams. But maybe you have to move him? It's something that we'll, we'll be paying attention to. Elijah Griffin is going to play cornerback. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll have to be their number one cornerback. Exactly. And then Chase Williams kind of had to move around mm-hmm. out of necessity, but that also kind of tells you that you know, they, they weren't sure on him right away. He's a cornerback, but just maybe not ready to 
to produce very well next year, they're going to need him to, to be available. Greg Johnson, you already mentioned. Dominic Davis has been like a nickel back that... has been rarely, rarely used. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to foresee him having a big role. Recruiting is going to be a big deal here. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most important position right now. Exactly. Even beyond what the maybe the, the group, the crowd at large would say, mm-hmm. you know, the linemen, the linemen, the linemen. Well, for 2019, you better bring and in some cornerback. Yeah. Um, just because they're, they're going to need bodies. <laughs> well, they, they need people to be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they need people to play there. Obviously, actually man the position, mm-hmm. but who's going to be good? Like, right now, I think Elijah Griffin could It'd be, be good, good yeah. but it's not like I, we've seen him and we know that, okay, mm-hmm. by next year, even, even though he's a sophomore, we've seen younger corners do well or even by that point, sophomore year, do pretty well. But that's a question mark, too, about how good he'll be. Mm-hmm. You like the potential there. Yeah, no. Exactly. You do like the potential. With him? Yeah. Everywhere else, it's you don't know what you're getting. What are you grading that? Keep it real, Antonio. <laughs> uh, D plus, C minus. Yeah, I think you're being a little generous. <laughs> I do. I, I, I'm, I'm D plus at best for me. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably a straight D. Uh, potential higher than that for sure. Yeah. But in terms of what expectation right now, it's pretty low. Like, the lowest mm-hmm. on the whole team. And I think with recruiting, that can change. Yeah. That That's where with the other spots we hadn't really touched upon the recruiting impact. Mm-hmm. But I think they can have a huge impact depending on who they get and, and how ready they are. And uh, that's another position where, you know, the rumors are there mm-hmm. that they can make a coaching change and and maybe that will... Spark some things. In the yeah. Thing. We don't know how that will play out and what that will mean. But I think that they do need a change in general in terms of production. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been good enough. Yeah, Marvell Tell... You know, and just you're talking about the defensive backs in general. Uh-huh. Marvel Tell hasn't really progressed much this year. Um, Not playing at the All-American level that people expect. Pe- you know, well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I know that he talked about mm-hmm. it. I'm not sure if that's where people were with him, but I did think that he would be, you know, one of their top couple defensive players. I don't think he's been that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iman, Iman Marshall Biggie's had a he has been a good season. Yeah, season. one of their top two or three defensive players. Langley struggled. You know, you saw Oregon State target him a bunch. Um, last game, Ajane had tackling issues. Yeah, um, this now, season you're very dissatisfied as a viewer, as a fan, mm-hmm. uh, with the defensive backs. No, for sure. And it's so, just like I don't think it's been exposed much. They haven't really been. Tested a whole lot. They're tested against Washington State, um, Oregon State throughout them a bit. It's a down year for the quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and they probably won't be challenged. I mean, they were versus Oregon State, but mm-hmm. they probably won't be as much versus Cal and, and versus UCLA. You know, I, they were fortunate actually. Mm-hmm. It, it could have been worse, I think. No, exactly. Notre Dame will. Throw on them a bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have the athletes to kind of expose that. Right. 
Okay, but safety, they're desperate for bodies. You got CJ Pollard coming back. Marvel Kell will be gone. And then Isaiah Polnow coming off injury. Callum Miller, who funded coming off injury. I really like both of them. Me too. I, I'm probably higher on them than even other people who like them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm really high on them. And I think the two of them together can be formidable. Mm-hmm. But it's really unfortunate that they're coming off of injury. Yeah, because you're going to need them to stay healthy next year. Um, and they're both dislocated shoulder for Polamau and broken collarbone or clavicle for Tal Noah. Yeah, very similar mm-hmm. issues. And over issues that at safety, they don't yeah. go away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously, like you said, they're going to need bodies. Those are two talented guys at the top. Um, doesn't seem like the coaching staff's in love with C.J. Pollard just because, I mean, they moved to J.N. Harris to safety when he could have started. Um, He's been a role player, mm-hmm. and that's where they want him moving forward. He might have to take on a bigger role even now, mm-hmm. much less next year. They don't have any commits. Uh, unless they're going to move one of their cornerbacks to if they're really going to end up at safety. But they need to bring in a lot. That's right there with cornerbacks where, you know, one of the... Yeah, just the, with the backs in general. Yeah, those are, the, I guess, the two most important positions for 2019 for the recruiting class. They need help right away. Safety is a hard spot to play. Mm-hmm. We've seen that, you know, in the past with uh, Clancy Pendergast. You know, even with people that have been in the program for a little bit of time, much less coming in brand new. So it's hard to grade it. It's a weird grade to give because you like Polamal and Hufunga, but there's a caveat there with both of them. I guess I'm going because I think they should be ready to go by day one. Yeah. Yeah, if it if it was a torn ACL deal and I thought they might be missing part of training camp and part of the season, then I'd go lower. But Because I, I think it's fair to assume that they'll be healthy to begin the year. Then I'm going to go B-, minus, but you have no depth and you have all these question marks about, you know, about the health and about how many players you even are going to have there. Yeah, I think you. Ha- I would give it a B, but I feel like there's only three guys. You, you kind of you, you have to factor in the depth. Yeah. Um, so I think B minus is a solid grade to give it. Yeah, and that might be a little bit generous. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think we're higher or not higher, but we're both high on Paul Allen and Hufunga, mm-hmm. who haven't played together. That's the other thing. Yeah. That I should mention. I'm kind of talking myself out of the B minus, <laughs> but they both shined in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I thought they both were high potential. I think they are both high potential guys. That's why I'm giving that projection. But it's going to be a little bit different for them when they're playing alongside each other. Yeah, no doubt. I think Talon Noah was... He started the season off at the other safety spot. He did. And then he had to move. Yeah, and they're, they're interchangeable for the most part. We've seen... I've seen Paul Mal play both in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hufunga was backing up Tell in practice and then because of necessity of, yeah move. right um, so I, it's not so much maybe 
the individual responsibilities, but even kind of them working together, mm-hmm. the communication uh, and kind of how they want to play it and what they want to do. They're two different guys, uh, but I do like them a lot. And so we can go B minus on that with even maybe, I think they have a higher ceiling, but as a position group, I don't know that you have a higher ceiling. I think that's kind of the ceiling that we're kind of projecting already yeah. as a group given the lack of depth. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can talk about special teams real quickly here. They're going to lose their punters. They're going to bring in a punter. I don't have yeah, many thoughts does. on any of that. Uh, they bring in or they bring back their, their two kickers, which I guess you feel good about that you just have two guys mm-hmm. that you can go with. Uh, I know Chase McGrath is the, the number one kicker yeah. uh, when he's healthy. Yeah, they're both healthy during camp. Yeah, he might be out a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. I could see that, that injury bleeding into 2019. And, uh, you know, Michael Brown has had that same issue, mm-hmm. you know, same injury. And it, it kind of took a little bit of time. The grab showed quite a bit. I mean, he was mm-hmm. having a great start to the season. You said he was the Heisman Trophy winner after the UNLV game. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, I, I was just trying to launch the campaign. <laughs> Because I was bored, yeah. but he he made some big kicks last year, uh, so you feel good about that. Yeah, I'd probably give it a C plus just because you feel confident about the kickers, but you don't know what you're getting from the punters, obviously, because they're both going to be gone. Yeah, um, so I'd give it a C plus. You have return guys coming back that mm-hmm. you know Bayless. He's been good at. Yeah, kickoff returns this year. Yeah, he was, I think actually better last year, but uh, still productive. And then Tyler Vaughn's, which is something that I would not have expected, mm-hmm. has had these oddly great returns, coupled with some really kind of whatever ones, forgettable ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd still like to look at other people there personally. Somebody like Amon Ra, yeah, who they were doing during camp, yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he could do. Yeah. They don't have... Right now, we haven't seen, like, in a Dory Jackson mm-hmm. uh, as a, a kick returner, punt returner. But they're good there. Mm-hmm. You feel good about it. Again, punting, I, I guess he'll figure that out. What grade did you give for the C+. whole group? Okay. I would go B-. minus, A little bit higher. It doesn't maybe have a super high ceiling, though. Mm-hmm. It's probably around these grades, but I could see it being a B production or a B minus. Uh, in terms of these units, I don't have a projection for the the coverage units. Yeah, that that's contingent upon a lot of different things that mm-hmm. won't be decided for some time. And it's also another position where, you know, of course, people are talking and and pushing for a change, and. I have no idea, like, what Clay would do with that spot. It seems like ever since those people were clamoring for, clamoring for a change, like, the special teams have made at least, like, one big play game. Yeah, <laughs> like, and given up one big play game. <laughs> I mean, it's it kind of been that for a long time. Yeah. I don't know how much you could blame, like, the Nick Heal Harry Putt return on John Baxter, though. I mean, it's kind of up to those guys to make the tackle. Yeah, I mean, you can not kick to him, yeah. right? I mean, they pinned him at, like, 
inside the tent, and he just yeah. returned it in. Right. That's true. And they really shouldn't have been punting because mm-hmm. they really had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I I don't know what's going to happen there. That, I guess that, I want to get your, your feeling on it, your hunch with you know that spot and coaching. Could you see a change happening? Like, I wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think everything's on the table now. Mm-hmm. If you're going to demote Key Martin in season and you're going to drop Callaway in season, then that's a, something I wrote uh, you know, a week ago on my site where I think like all bets are off mm-hmm. with, with coaching. Yeah, no, exactly, just because you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how these next couple of games are going to go. I don't think the special teams' errors were have been as drastic as they were the first three weeks, like against Texas when... Yeah. You know, they're just a complete mess. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been that bad since. Back to uh, breaking you down, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chopping yeah. the tree and knocking you over. I it love hasn't it. been that bad since. So, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way if he is back or if he isn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know what Clay thinks about it, I guess, <laughs> where I come from. But I think that they should be open to changes at a lot of spots, including that one. I mean, they're 5 and 4 right now. They should be open to. Yeah. They should be open-minded about next season. Okay. We had saved the best for last. We're going to talk about quarterbacks. And it's not as much about 2019 as it is about the present. Because 2019, it it would seem, would be decided in this next month. Mm -hmm. Where other positions... It's like, okay, who's coming back? And they all play and they rotate and they have different roles. At quarterback, I don't think there'll be a competition going into next year. No, there's no competition now. Right, there's not even one now. So the conversation really is, what do you think about what they're doing? Do you think that they're doing the right thing? And and how would you go about you know, this next month, and how would you look at 2019 at the quarterback position? I, I think JT is the better quarterback. So I think it's now fine. and later? Yeah, I think it's fine what they're doing now. Okay. Obviously, he'll get better. The, the pocket presence thing is something that needs to improve. Um, he wasn't used to getting pressured like this in high school. Um, so this is all new to him. I think that's something he can improve going into next season. That's reasonable that a freshman would grow in, in that way, in particular, mm-hmm. each year. And so I think that's something he can improve next season. If you're thinking about it, I think the I think the coaching staff put Jack Sears in a better position to succeed with the way they called that Arizona State game. They haven't really done that. The game that he called? The last <laughs> game that he ever called? For, for, they haven't I, think, really, they haven't I, don't, really... I don't know if he called it. Do you think he called it? Do you think he called that whole game? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if either way if he did. Yeah, yeah, but what's your guess? I think he called. I think he called it, but Clay had some kind of influence after uh-huh. halftime because things look different, right? Um, so they, like someone taking over the play call. <laughs> but go ahead, okay. Um, so yeah, I think they put him in a better in a better position to succeed, uh-huh. which you thought was going to be the case at the beginning of the season when Clay was like, I'm really concerned about playing team football and right. making things easier for our true freshman quarterback. 
uh, kind of all of a sudden it's just like everything's they're throwing the whole table at him. Sure. And they cut things down for Jack Sears and that let their team play faster. Now it's JT's back in, so I think he'd be better served if they did the kind of the same thing to where they made everything simpler and you know kind of just simplified things get, getting getting the playmakers the ball in space kind of like they did early on in, against Oregon State okay um, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit I've kind of made my feelings pretty clear I've talked about this with Ryan the last few shows I think a lot of people know where I stand but I want to hear more about your perspective because it is different you said that JT is a better quarterback right now you think he's playing better right now than than what we saw from Jack? I think I think Jack had one solid stretch of three quarters. Yeah, um, the first quarter he did not play well. Um, things changed, and the second, third quarter he played well. Um, yeah, and the fourth too. Yeah. Yeah, not as well though. It it wasn't just the whole like it, it didn't just it wasn't linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 made the final throw at the end, but the offense did stall a little bit. Fourth. Yeah, uh, and that's how if you actually reclaim the lead. It's hard to tell just because JT played against Utah. And Utah's a really good defense. Yeah, but even look at, at JT versus Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was that impressive. He, he, yeah, he wasn't great against. Or he was good. Yeah. So he, he's he, fine. He to me, he's really been impressive for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm curious to know when people say, like, okay, well, he's obviously the better quarterback right now. I, I thought that maybe in August and maybe after week one. But now, the more I watch him, I actually believe that less. What do you think Jack does better than him? I think that mobility is a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in this offense. He seems to fit better with what they're capable of doing and what they want to do. Um, I like that. I thought that he used the field better, right? I, I talked about how you know, going to the tight ends, going to the backs, mm-hmm. um, the distribution that he had between Amon Ra, Vaughn, and Pittman was much different than we than we've seen pretty much every week from JT. Even though he was facing a legitimate ASU defense, not a great one, but in terms of like Pac-12 play, like it's it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better than the Oregon State one. Yeah. It's... So I like these things about him. I thought that he made good decisions. That's where I was really impressed. Where I thought that he kind of had been a bit of a gunslinger himself in practice, but yeah. in that game, he was careful and methodical and and yet still productive not like just checking down left and right but also not really putting himself in a danger where JT has kind of shown some bad habits with that yeah I think the pocket presence thing is something that might favor Jack right now just because he can move yeah Um, now if he had to stay in the pocket and try to beat you in the pocket that's where uh, JT has more arm talent mm -hmm. And can you know make throws that that Jack maybe can't make, and uh, and that's where we've seen Jack you know in practice struggle just to just stay in the pocket if that's what the play called for. Mm-hmm. But you get him moving, you get him on the run. He didn't just run and and kind of you know if if maybe things broke down for him or he didn't see things right away. 
I thought, like, okay, if you're going to be reckless and running all the time, he did run a little bit for sure, but I also thought he made plays, you know, on his feet, you know, looking downfield and throwing, where JT can't really do that or hasn't really shown to be able to do that. I think JT can move better than he's shown this season. He was kind of, he wasn't necessarily mobile at modern day, but he could move when he needed to. Um, this season, he hasn't done it much. They haven't asked him to do it much. Um, so it's interesting. He reminds me of Josh Rosen in that way. Josh is more athletic, but mm-hmm. where I think he had so much arm talent that he was stubborn about it and didn't want to be on the run and on the move. It, it he wanted like to just kind of sit there and find his throw and kind of have it his way. Yeah, it seems like JT right now is like just really in love with a deep ball. Yeah. Um, maybe when he should be utilizing more of the middle of the field more. Yeah. Um, it just seems like he's just really has an affinity for that deep pass with Pittman and Vaughn's. Sometimes it's cool, but sometimes it just makes things harder for the offense. You see where I'm coming from where, mm-hmm. with Jack, where it's a very small sample size. I don't think we know enough. That's kind of been yeah. my underlying point is that I think we need to learn more about both of them. I think that if you're Clay Helton and you want to set this team up for success just in the present and even long term, uh, I want to make sure I know who the best quarterback is. I understand that you would think that it's JT Daniels, but if you don't know, then I wouldn't be so quick to commit to him. And it, it's a hard thing to, to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. To play both guys. I think last week would have been a better opportunity, maybe. But I would find a way to to play both guys, and uh, and he's not going to do it, though. I, yeah, no. I feel like it's kind of, it's almost it's, a moot point. Yeah, it's but JT. It, yeah, it, it's JT. Uh, and I think that's wrong to just start him and play him the entire game, and that's it, to be decided. That's, that's where I come from, because at the end of the day, you don't want your best quarterback to either be A, on the bench, or B, transferring. Mm-hmm. And, and that might happen here. I'm not sure if he's the best one. No, but, but but are you sure that JT is? Yeah, I'm pretty. I, that month of training camp uh-huh. convinced me that JT was better than Jack. Real, but what about the games? It was two quarters. What, what do you mean? Was, oh, with Jack. Was, yeah, 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 small yeah. sample size. Yes, JT hasn't been. He hasn't looked good for a while. Yeah, he hasn't been great. Like everybody, th- everybody thought he'd be transcendent, and he hasn't shown that yet. Okay. Um, but, I mean, how much is that the coaching staff and the play calling and mm-hmm. the offensive line? And- I mean, he had the benefit of Clay this past week. Mm-hmm. Who do you think Jack might have had the benefit of in the second <laughs> half versus Arizona State? Right? True. Yeah. So then let me ask you this thing. Cause I, I, I understand I'm not trying to talk you out of anything. You would roll with JT. What would be your leash? How would you go about it moving forward? Basically, is JT just going to play every snap for the rest of the year, no matter what, no matter whether he plays poorly or not? Or would you have contingency plan about, you know, okay, if, if this happened, maybe it's because we fell behind or he's just playing at this level and, and I'm not happy with it, I'm going to play the other guy. What would you do? 
I think the offense would have to be like really bad for like not even one game, but like two games in a row. So Cal, he's playing the entire game no matter what. Yeah. Okay. And if he's like struggles against UCLA and that defense is like bad, objectively bad, then it's like, all right, let's see what's happening. Like, yeah, maybe maybe in well, I mean it would be Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but then it could be like a bowl game. Yeah. Situation. Yeah, so I mean to me it is a mute point because I think they're just gonna go with JT. Oh I oh yeah. I know that they are. Yeah. And, and I always make sure I make that clear. I just think it's wrong. And I, I wonder what other people think. I think I know some people would agree, but some people don't, you know. And I think having Jack Sears as the third string quarterback is definitely <laughs> <laughs> not the right thing to do. Right. Because I think we watched him at practice and we we're like, okay, he's the second best yeah. quarterback here. Sure. And then, you know, the depth chart comes out and it's third string and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I thought that might have been because they were anticipating him leaving mm-hmm. and then they were going to reward Matt Fink for staying and making him a backup. But now, it's a point that Joey Kaufman has made. I, I'm going to steal it, but I'm going to make sure that I mention that he came up with it after I went public with it. Jack Sears has lined himself up to graduate next fall, at the mm-hmm. end of next fall. So while we all figured that he would be gone, even maybe before this point, or at the end of the season, he made the point in the presser after after the Arizona State game that he wanted to be here, that he believed in Clay and what he was doing, and he also said it means a lot to me to get my degree from here. Mm-hmm. And I think he was being 100% honest. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he seemed really you know, honest after that game. And every time he's been asked about transferring, you know. Well, he, the one point he said, you know, cross that bridge when I get there, which made you think, like, okay, so yeah. if you don't win this job, then we'll see you later, Jack. And then he, then when we asked him about it later, he was like, I honestly didn't think about it. I didn't think about it, transferring. right. Yeah, yeah. And which lines up with what he said, I'll cross that bridge when it comes. Um, so, I mean, it does make sense if he did, you know, graduate, didn't, you know, stayed next season. Graduated and then had two years to play. Yeah, it's very possible that we could have projected our own feelings upon him and mm-hmm. expectations and thought, well, you have to go, right? Because you're getting beat out by a true freshman quarterback. You're only a redshirt freshman quarterback. You want to play. You know that they're in love with this kid mm-hmm. and they're probably not going to play you. The one wrinkle with him becoming a grad transfer by next fall or after, after next fall is that he would have two years to go play somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that'd be, and he's, and he's shown promise. Yeah, and he's shown he has some good film. He, mm-hmm. It's only a couple quarters now. Maybe he'll play a little bit more. Anything can happen. Of course, you are one snap away. That's, that is legitimate. Uh, but I think it's unfortunate that unless there's an injury. I don't even think poor performance, you know, like the, the scenario that you laid out about maybe a couple bad games, I think that JT will finish the year. I don't think Jack will play again unless JT goes down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's what we think will happen. Okay, so how do you grade that position for uh, 2019? B, B or B plus. Um, I mean, you feel great that you have two guys, mm-hmm. assuming, I mean, and, and you have Fink too. Mm-hmm. You feel good about the depth there in mm-hmm. that regard. 
Yeah. But how do you feel about the ceiling and, and the actual expectation for the production level? Just depends on who's calling the plays, what the offense is. Yes. There's so many factors that go into it. Um, they have the potential to be an A if everything lines up correctly and the offense line gets better and okay. all that yeah. stuff. But, I mean, so much depends on what happens with the play calling and how that gets sorted Absolutely. out. Yeah. Um, the quarterback is very affected by a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go with a B. Okay. Yeah, probably a solid B. Yeah, I would go with a B as well. I don't feel like the potential is an A, though. Not anymore. And maybe I'm overreacting to the first two months of JT Daniels' career. You know, I'm willing to, to admit that could be what's happening here. I just see a little bit of a regression where usually I expect a freshman to kind of be up and down mm-hmm. and really be great and then bad and maybe back and forth. And I haven't seen him be great in a while. He made maybe a couple great plays, but not really an extended stretch of, of really good play in a while. Yeah, his last like great game, his last really good game, is probably Washington State. Yeah, he played well uh, for parts of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Played well for parts of Colorado. Yeah, he had, he had the one quarter versus Colorado, yeah. essentially. Utah, but I think any of the three quarterbacks would have struggled against Utah. Yeah, um, I just think that, I mean we didn't know that at that point Jack would be ready, but mm-hmm. I think he is a better fit for this offense. Yeah, for right now, if they were running the offenses they were running ten, fifteen years ago, JT would probably be a better fit for that. But yeah, yes, yeah. you know, spread stuff. It's a better the RPOs are a better fit for Jack. Yeah, and, and, and yet they're not going to play him. Uh, but I'm going to go a little bit lower on the ceiling there for next year at quarterback. Uh, maybe a B plus. I, I, I'm not ready to go into the A range. I, I haven't seen enough. Maybe if we do this again in a month, I'm sure that uh, you know things could change. But right now, I guess we'll see. Okay, uh, Antonio, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah? Appreciate it. Looking forward to it again. Be sure to check out Antonio's work at The Athletic. And usually I would never pump up uh, another subscription site. Wow. And yet, Antonio's, I would. It, Pre- it, appreciate it, that, man. No, you're analytical. You uh, you cover different angles. You write different things. And I, I've enjoyed what you do, what you bring to the beat. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you bring a lot to the table. And therefore, you know, make sure that you're signed up with us first. At Trojan Sports, we've actually extended our promotion where we do have a free trial. It's like 120 days. Yeah, right. It's a two-month free trial that you can sign up for right now and not have to pay a dollar and and be on the site for a couple months. In the past, we had not had a free trial, and uh, we realized that we were depriving thousands upon thousands of people of the remarkable work that we're doing, the groundbreaking work that we're doing at trojansports.com. So please do sign up if you haven't already. But at the same time, uh, go over, jump over to The Athletic, and make sure that you sign up for uh, for Antonio as well. Antonio Morales, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We'll have you back. Sounds good. Potentially. (laughs) I'm going to grade you at a... uh, I'll give you a B- minus for this. Yeah, you you were an A. Appreciate that. I need to be better than Joey Kaufman. You oh, I think mean, <laughs> it's a low bar, Antonio. Come on. I need to find out what Joey's grade is. Then if I, I pass that, we're good. You're happy? All right. All right, be good. Thank you, everyone.